before we start today, I want to remind you of just a few housekeeping items in case you missed them last week. Um, and just as a reminder. Uh, so first of all, uh, thanks to our team that worked so hard to make the gym really look beautiful. I was laughing. You guys had this beautiful kind of altar area to look at. I look at a basketball hoop. Um, shows you who's important. But a uh, few, uh, few things. Um, number one is when you come in, it's a lot easier to sit on this side than this side, so I'm judging all of you. Just kidding. But it does help us if you come in, when people come in a little after you, it's easier for them to get to this side. So it helps kind of if we fill this side up first. And there is this whole section of seating over here as well. Um, that's one thing. We are not uh, distributing the precious blood while we're in the gym at communion. Uh, and that's purely for logistical reasons. It just gets a little crowded up here. So um, that's why we're doing that. If you're someone who's gluten-free or you, need, you really need to receive the precious blood, let us know and we'll make sure that happens. Um, but just in general, that's why we're doing that. Communion time also, we have those great kneeler pads. You're going to get an awesome gift next year. I won't tell you what it is, but it'll help you with your gardening. Um, but, <laughs> but during communion, if you could make sure those are out of the way, because it'll be really easy for people to trip on those if we're not careful. So, so please help us to make sure that those are out of the way when we get up for communion. Uh, if you haven't met him, this is Deacon Ned. Deacon Ned is a seminarian. He was assigned to Lourdes last year, so he helped out with a lot of things in the parish last year. He was ordained a deacon three weeks ago. Um, yeah, awesome, huh? Uh, great to have him with us. He'll be a priest a little over a year from now. Um, also, just a brief update. Deacon Darrell has shown just great signs of hope for his recovery. There's a long road ahead of him, and so... We're going to keep praying for him and his recovery, but there's also been just awesome signs of his progress. So thank you for your prayers for him, and please continue to do so. Okay, did I forget anything, Deacon? No? Okay. So yesterday, or a couple days ago, um, I was at a coffee shop, shocker, and I looked up, and I uh, was actually working on today's homily, and I looked up, and I was kind of thinking, and Usually when I look up, I'm like, you just, as a priest, you're just conscious that you're freaking everyone else out because they don't know what to do with a priest in a coffee shop, which is kind of fun. Uh, but anyway, I looked up, and there was a sign in the coffee shop I was in. And it said this, and it just got me thinking. It said, after summiting a, m a mountain in Alaska, our founders realized life is too big to dream small. I kind of thought, yeah, amen. Life is too short to dream small. That makes sense. And so the sign went on. It says, so they started a coffee shop. And I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> but it got me thinking. Very honestly, I actually wasn't going to use that quote today, but I thought it fit. That was caribou. And by the way, I love caribou coffee. It's super good. Um, but it made me think the modern world brothers and sisters today is the feast of the ascension today is a day of tremendous hope tremendous hope and today is a day that the church wants to speak to you and I about the true meaning 
of what it means to be a human being. About what we were created for, about what the ultimate destiny and hope of a human being is. And that quote got me thinking because we hear this all the time. In, in the modern world, secular society has banished the question of eternity. And it says to us all the time, we can't know anything about after we die. There is no substitute, right? That the church has always offered to us that our ultimate hope is eternal union with God in heaven. And the world has nothing, there's no substitute. The world has nothing to offer in exchange for that. And so what it does is it says, just don't think about it. And so we exchange the ultimate questions for lesser questions. Right? Someone summits a mountain, they're hugely inspired, the beauty touches their heart and their soul, and they say, you know what? It's time. Let's start a coffee shop. Doesn't that speak to you? Today, brothers and sisters, our hearts are made for something more. To be a human being means that you and I were made for something transcendent. And that word transcendence, it, it means that it goes beyond. Right? That nothing in this world ultimately can satisfy your heart. And the world doesn't know what to do with that. And so we fill it with distraction and with earthly goals. And usually they're not evil. They're just lesser. But they can never answer that question in the depths of your heart and my heart, which is about finality. It's about the ultimate hope. So Caribou says, yeah, life is amazing. You know, we should have big dreams, and so we should dream of being successful. Yesterday, I had two baptisms. And here's what the church says, and here's where I'm going to try and be creative and tie in Mother's Day. Just gave away my hand. But anyway, so, so Mother's Day, here's what the church says. We had two blessings, and then at the end of a baptism, the church blesses mothers and fathers of children. And here's what the blessing for mothers says. It says, God the Father, through his Son, the Virgin Mary's child has brought joy to all Christian mothers as they see the hope of eternal life shine on their children. May he bless the mother of this child. She now thanks God for the gift of her child. May she be one with him or her in thanking God forever in heaven. In Christ Jesus our Lord. The modern world, brothers and sisters, does not have that hope. And it tells us that we can't actually know our eternal destinies. And so it distracts us. And we lose ourselves in things that ultimately cannot fulfill your heart and soul. 
I notice this the most at funerals. So at funerals, you know, most of us, we just, we go through life, we're so distracted day by day, we, we have so much going on, and we just hope to make, through, make it through another day. We hope that the earthly goals we have fall into place. But when someone dies, we start to think bigger. Right? And if everything in your life goes the way you want it to go, right? You find your, your family is blessed, you have health, and you stay beautiful your whole life, and you're wealthy and famous, and, and you never get sick, and everything goes well, you still won't be fulfilled. I promise you, you won't. Because the only thing that can fulfill you is something transcendent. Our hearts are made for eternity. And a Christian is someone who has asked that question and has found an answer in the love of Jesus Christ. Moms are the best about this, aren't they? Uh, in that blessing that we give at baptisms, it talks about how a mother's joy is not that she would go to heaven. It's that her child would. And isn't that beautiful? The heart of a mother finds joy in the good of her children. So a challenge to you mothers, are you like that? Mothers, we love you. You're, you are, the heart of a mother is what teaches all of us what it really means to love. The heart of a mother is an image of unconditional love. But it's a love that doesn't just, my mom always said, like, you know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, Mom, I'm not happy. And she's like, I don't care. Right? <laughs> like, thanks, Mom. I love you, too. <laughs> but my mom used to say, I don't want you to be happy. I want you to go to heaven. I want you to save your soul. To love someone is not just to have, make them say, you know, I hope my son or my daughter, you know, has comfort. Of course mothers desire that. But much more so, they want what is ultimately best for you. Mothers, are you like that? Do you know that the greatest gift you can give your children is the hope of eternal life? It's not a good career. It's not even a good marriage. The only thing that can fill our hearts is eternal life. That's so important. Second challenge today is for all of you sons and daughters, which means everyone. You know that's what your mother wants, especially that one, right, Mary. A mother who loves you, what they want is not life to go easy for you. They want you to find what is best. They want you to find eternal life. Is your heart open to that? Have you moved beyond just desiring the lesser things to desiring what is truly great? And an invitation, you know, on Mother's Day every year, I think we always get kids who have been away from the church. And thank you for coming today. If you've been away from the church and you came today to please your mother, thank you. That's a wonderful act of, of love and honor for your mother. But have you thought about that question? Have you thought about the fact that even if everything you ever wanted in this life goes right, 
you're always going to want more. I always say at funerals, people start to think about this. And when someone we love dies, people mean so well and they want to comfort each other. And, and something people oftentimes say is, you know, well, she lives on in our hearts. And I always think, I do not want to live on in someone's heart. I hate people. No, just kidding. <laughs> I said that last fast, I said that, that, and one of the moms told me, she's like, my son always says that. And he looked at you and was like, yes. <laughs> There's someone else. He's going to be a priest. Uh, but I don't want to live on in someone else's heart. I want to live. I want to live eternal life. Right? I want a life that never ends, and not just in terms of time. I want a life that is full of the love of God. That's different from this life. That's full of joy and peace, where there is no hatred, where my sins have been overcome. My heart longs for the transcendent. And only God can, can fulfill that. And if you haven't thought about that, brothers and sisters, if you haven't asked the question about what happens after you die and the desires of your heart, you'll never learn fully what it means to be a human being. Because that's built into every single one of us. So, so today, Jesus is the ascension, right? He's ascending to heaven. That's what the ascension's about. The ascension is Jesus' enthronement as king of heaven and earth. And I just want to reflect with you briefly about how do we understand this and how does Jesus' enthronement affect the way we live as Christians. And what I want to look at today, when you go home, I'm going to be looking at John chapter 14 through chapter 16. And what's happening is chapter 13 in John's gospel is where we start the Last Supper. And Jesus is telling the apostles, I'm leaving. And if you love Christ, that should affect your heart. And the apostles are distraught. And so at the end of chapter 13, St. Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And can you just feel Peter's heart in that? The ascension in some way is Jesus' farewell to us. So Peter's heart is broken. And he says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you shall follow afterwards. Jesus leaves and we can't follow him at this time. And our hearts should feel that. Sometimes we think when, when Jesus ascends into heaven, that maybe he's abandoning us. Lord, why'd you leave? Why couldn't you stay with us? Life is hard. Later on in chapter 14, he says, Jesus, he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The Lord does not ascend to heaven to leave us behind. He goes for another reason. There's so two attitudes I, wanna, I want to help you reflect about today. 
Jesus says at the end of chapter 14, he says, if you loved me, right, if you love Jesus, if he's really where your heart rests, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced. Because I go to the Father, and the Father is greater than I. When you love someone, you want what's best for them. The whole story of Jesus is that he comes from the Father. He comes to earth to redeem us and to bring us with him eventually. But he returns. And so today, first and foremost, brothers and sisters, we rejoice that our Savior who loved us has returned to his Father. That his joy is enough for us. Jesus the fact that you are in the fullness of joy with the Father and the Spirit, Lord, that brings me joy because I love you. But then it's doubled. It's made even better. Our hearts are kind of upset. We say, Jesus, you're leaving us. How can this happen? And he says this. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus goes, brothers and sisters. He ascends to the heavens to prepare a place for you. Do you know that? Do you have a hope that's in heaven? In Jewish kind of language and rhetoric of Jesus' day, what, he, what Jesus just said is actually a marriage proposal. When a, uh, a bride and a groom were married in the time of Christ, before the groom could formally marry his bride, he had to go build their house. I know what you're thinking. All the women are like, that's awesome. <laughs> Why didn't my husband do that? That's what you had to do. If you're a groom, you had to go build the house where you and your bride would live. And Jesus' bride is the church. And so Jesus goes to prepare a place for his bride. That's what the ascension is. Brothers and sisters, if you don't have your heart in heaven... You'll settle for lesser things. When we know where we're going, right? When you're on a journey where you know where your hope is, where your destination lies, it gives meaning and direction to the whole journey. The modern world is kind of like a fast car, and it can go really fast, and it can do all kinds of cool things, but it doesn't have a destination. It doesn't know where it's going. You and I... We know a place we're headed to. And if you believe in that, if you build up heaven in your hearts, it'll give meaning and direction to your entire life. It'll strengthen you against temptation. It'll strengthen you against despair, right? If you know, Jesus, if I know that you have prepared a place for me, what an amazing thought. the Savior of the world prepared a place for me 
in heaven. And Lord, if that's true, I can do anything. If I really have that place that you prepared it for me, Jesus, I can do anything. I can suffer through hardship. I can deal with disappointment. Lord, I can avoid sin because you have built a place for me. Amazing, incredible things. I want to leave you today with this. In our second reading today, brothers and sisters, right, today is the enthronement of Jesus. That really happened. It's not just a story. Jesus has been exalted. Right? All over the Gospels, he says, the one who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Right? And we usually think that's about us. Right? And some people would be like, hey, Father Brian, that was a great homily. I was like, no, it was terrible because I want to be exalted someday. Right? It's not about us. Not primarily. It's about him. He humbled himself. He was in the highest place, and he went to the lowest he went to the gates of death and all of those who have died to the netherworld. Jesus humbled himself below everything. And so today God exalts him above all. If you want to share in that, brothers and sisters, you have to humble yourself. A Christian does not pick the best place. He picks the last. Why? Because Jesus did. And because the one who humbles himself will be exalted but the one who exalts himself will be humbled. And Lord, I want to reign with you someday. And so it is my joy to serve. Why did God exalt him? In our second reading, St. Paul, he says he exalted Christ above every rule, authority, power, dominion, above every name that is named. And he has put all things under his feet and made him the head of all things. Why? Why did he do that? Why did God put everything under the feet of the Son? He has put all things under his feet and made him head over all things for the church. For you. Jesus is exalted and he has ascended today, not just because he humbled himself, but for you. And you and I, brothers and sisters, we have a king in heaven, and he has been given authority for your salvation. Do you call on that? Do you say, Jesus, you ascended on high. You've been given all authority. Lord, I need you. I need your authority in my life to set my heart on heaven. Brothers and sisters, today, listen to your mother she wants you to go to heaven. She doesn't want you to have a nice car, a nice house, or an easy life. She wants you to have a place with God forever. Let us now stand and pray. and profess our faith.